walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host. The hardest part of the ring. Kyle Bird. How are we doing today, folks? How is your week going? How's everybody's blood pressure? Have you gotten your blood work done recently? I hope so. How's the chlamydia doing, Matt? Uh... <laughs> oh, man, it's Monday for me. Uh, full transparency. Don't you hate the Mondays? <laughs> Got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Uh, hey, I got a hat question. Hat. H-A-T. So I got, like, first of all, <clears throat> so I don't, I don't wear hats usually, right? Mainly because I have an, an abnormally large head. It's a pain in the ass to find. You can't just go into a store and find a hat for me. You gotta go to a fucking warehouse and go into the bowels of the building and some guy unlocks the thing. Yeah, it's a whole process, right? But I did I did stumble upon a hat. It's a you know Stone Cold's broken skull. You can see there, maybe. Maybe it'll focus, maybe it won't. There we go, you can kind of see it. Uh when I was out in California, went to the brewery itself. It was a fun old time, but here's my question. How are we wearing hats today? You know? Like I know, like in the '90s, it was like firm on your head to the side or backwards, and then you know, like the mid 2000s, like the MySpace era, everybody was wearing it like kind of like like a yarmulke, like on the back of their head, and then you know, Rob Deerdeck, you know what I mean? But like now we're like, what are we? What are we? I'm on YouTube here. I'm I'm trying to figure out because I always feel like it looks wrong like i think i feel like i'm wearing the hat wrong right just a snapback nothing crazy do i just not have the head for it is it the hair is it the is it the face is it am i just an ugly piece of shit that's probably it like right look like right, right, right now it looks like i'm just wearing like a like what um like what rugby players wear when they're one concussion away from death you know like those helmets it looks like what i'm wearing like i feel like i was gonna be like ah, well, maybe i'll bust up the hat for the pod today but i feel like See, like that, like I, I put this hat on silly here sideways. I feel like that's almost that looks more right. You know, I'm not going to be a hat guy. Stupid hat. 
I bought a fedora for prom, by the way. Have I told this on the... On the <laughs> by the way, this is going to be a, a very free-balling episode. We got some questions I'll be answering here. But uh, we're just hanging out, man. Sometimes we just need to take a step back and breathe and let me coddle you guys in give you some kisses on the neck and just you know we we talk a lot of old school wrestling sometimes we need a break we'll talk some old school wrestling today we'll talk some current wrestling we'll talk some you know general hullabaloo but um yeah but the fedora is what i'm what i'm saying is kind of what is what maybe i think it's the source of my um it's just it's, i think this might just be a hat podcast maybe um we might not even get to the questions I had to buy a 3XL fedora for prom. You can't just go to Target and get a 3XL, right? You got to go to fucking bignoggins.com and then buy the whole bulk thing, right? It's like, and then when I, you know, I, I could put a picture up here if I wanted to, but I won't. <laughs> and then the fedora didn't even look good. Again, I, I, I didn't know how to wear hats back then either, so I probably wore it wrong. But I digress, Taz. But yes, it's Monday. By the way, quick shout out to uh, old Monday Night Raw. Recording this on a Monday. We'll be going. Hey! Fuck. My cat just pops in like when I least expect it. Dwayne's a SmackDown guy, I think is the problem. But yeah, going to Monday Night Raw tonight. Norfolk, Virginia. What do we got on the docket? Let's fuck it. Let's pull up the card. What do, what do we got? What do we got on tap for Monday Night Raw? By the way, tonight is the last WWE show of the McMahon era. How many people are fucking tweeting that this morning? Jesus Christ. The copy pasters are out and about. It's still the fucking McMahon era. What are we doing? Um, I understand what people mean with the endeavor and the oh, percentage of shareholders and you know stockholders and you know my urethra and all that stuff but all right so now we, so we got Raquel versus Rhea again well that's not gonna be good uh Cody Rhodes is here whoa looks like uh looks like you're every week raw I don't know maybe it'll be fun you got Gunther celebration maybe somebody will interrupt maybe a Chad Gable maybe a Maybe a Jay Uso, maybe an S.A. Rios. Who knows? But well, maybe we'll get some fun stuff on the program at Monday Night Raw. But by the time you're listening to this, you would have probably already watched or at least have heard about. So, but uh, yes, that's all I got going on. Why don't we get to some questions, huh? Appreciate everybody for submitting your questions. And it was kind of a last minute thing. It was kind of like, eh, what's that's. Let's get some hard questions. It's been a while. I think it's been goddamn almost a year since I've done this, right? So long overdue. And like I said, we got some some current day questions, some retro wrestling questions, some outside of wrestling questions. And I think it's best that we start off with maybe the most hard hitting question. Probably gonna be pretty controversial. Like I probably I'm probably gonna lose a lot of people. Um after this question so um hopefully everybody understands but uh question number one submitted by diego at front cart on twitter do you think cm punk 
The eyes are green or light brown. They look green to me, but all sources say light brown. You know, I can't say that I've ever noticed his eyes. In my head, I'll Google it after this. I'm going to say light green. He seems like a light green guy, kind of guy to me. Personally, I always forget what color my eyes are. So um, I'm not a big eyes guy. Other than my wife, big pearly blues. Love you, sweetheart. Um, let's see, CM Punk's eyes. Is that a Google thing that I can do? I see what you're saying, Diego. They are kind of on the on the edge of green and light brown. They look more green to me, though. I'm going to go green. Yeah, I think they're... It's almost like they're kind of multiple colors. It's like the color of a, a morning shit. You know what I mean? A little brown, a little green. So... Vulgar for no reason. But uh, yeah, that's my answer. Did I answer it? I don't know. Uh, question number two from Frank from the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast. Frequent guest of the Apron Bump. Go check out my uh, one of my more recent episodes, Bound for Glory, 2006 with Frank. Uh, by the way, should I plug my shit? I should probably plug my shit before I get going. At, at Apron Bump on social media. It's, hey, if you want to submit questions for future hard questions episodes, I'll be doing more of these. Uh, go ahead and send them. I won't get them on this episode, obviously, unless you're a time traveler. Uh, but we'll get them in, in the next one. I'll log them in and, uh, just follow me, follow the pod. You like, if you like retro wrestling, cover lots of different timelines, go to apronbump.com, go to the episodes tab, and you can see all the various timelines and eras of wrestling that I cover all chronologically. So it's a good old time. Do that. YouTube, give it a like, give it a sub, give me a tickle on the nipple and, and put your finger in my belly button and spit in my mouth. Do all of those things. All of it helps the algorithm. I'm sure all of those things. Rate the podcast, review the podcast, whatever. Let's get to some questions. Let's get to Frankie boy. Frank from the last minute wrestling podcast asks if you were TK, how would you have handled the punk situation? I assume you're talking about CM punk. Um, well, the situation, what is the situation? CM punk just being a general cock hole. Uh, CM punk. Being very argumentative, maybe very political, maybe rubbing people the wrong way. I think a lot of it is hearsay, so I'm like hesitant to even give an answer. Um, I mean, at some point, it's like, you know, and I talked about this on my live stream, uh, the payback live stream, but there's a there's a risk and reward <laughs> ratio, right? Like Punk obviously he brings eyes to the product. He, I mean, they've got a whole show centered around him. And uh, I mean, he's he's a name, man. He's a talent. He's like he's been in this business for a long time. He's had there's a lot of stock in the CM Punk name. But uh, instead of firing, I mean, I think firing maybe is too easy of a punishment for CM Punk. Personally, I think to uh, rectify the whole situation, I think it would have been very reasonable, reasonable and level headed uh, to actually book CM Punk in a match against Jack Perry in a Taipei death match with real glass. Uh, <laughs> by the way, if you're not familiar, Taipei death match, which I've covered on the podcast, it's an ECW. I don't know. I don't think it was from ECW. Maybe it was. I don't know. ECW did it. It's when you uh, tape up your wrists 
and you super glue shards of broken glass to your fists, and then you just hit your opponent about the head until they die. Um, I think you book CM Punk versus Jack Perry in a Taipei death match with Colt Cabana as a special guest referee with Hangman Page as the special guest timekeeper. And you make this also a 60 minute Iron Man match. And this, by the way, is a qualifier for a eliminator tournament that will culminate at Russell Cuck five or whatever held a pay-per-view is that they have coming up. That's how, that's how I would handle it. You know, I, I sent a lot of letters to uh, a AEW management and I feel like this would have been an appropriate uh, solution, but obviously they went a different route. Thanks for the question, Frank. Ashley Clements at Ashley Clement eight on Twitter asks, what is your favorite match from the year? so far um that's a very good question so i'll tell you what i've been watching this year i've been watching wwe pay-per-views i've been watching most of the weekly aew dynamites most of the collisions in the aew pay-per-views i also watched the entirety of the g1 climax this past year. Otherwise, I have not been watching a lot of current wrestling. I guess that's still a lot. Um, favorite match of the year. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. People shit on the finish, and we've we've already talked about that. But the match itself was so good, man. I think that's also a lot a big reason and why people think that should have been the end. Uh, for Roman Reigns, because the match just felt so fitting for like a, a finale. Like it was so good, like all the callbacks to Cody's family, the bloodline interrupting and then KO and Sammy, you know, evening the odds. Both guys had had their run ins with the bloodline, obviously, in the months leading up to that. It was just a really good match, a big time feel. Obviously, I was there live, so maybe that enhances my enjoyment of it. But um. Gun to my head. Either that or the main event of night <laughs> night one. Uh, Usos versus Kevin and Sammy. Um, a lot of people are probably yelling at me to say <laughs> the triple threat match between Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus. Um, I feel like I need to watch this show back, like on TV. You know what I mean? Because I mean, I loved the triple threat match live. I feel like maybe it didn't come off across as good live as maybe it did on TV. I don't know. I need, to, I need to go back and watch it. It was a very good match, but I don't think I would put it above either of the main events from WrestleMania. Um, AEW's had some good matches too. The Iron Man match, or Iron Man? Yeah, 60-minute Iron Man between MJF and Brian Danielson. Awesome match. Um, kind of just spouting out matches that come to mind. Naito and Okada from the G1 finals was fucking awesome too. I don't think I'd put that at number one. But the energy of that match was incredible. Um, Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest. I mean, the crowd energy from that match. Gee, you were talking about crowd energy. I feel like that's probably the most important part of a good match is how like invested the crowd is, right? You could do all of the technical moves and all the flippity flops and the do si dos and the callbacks and the I, uh, I'm sorry, I love you fucking 
dialogue in, in the match, but at the end of the day, if the crowd's into it, the crowd's into it. I think Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest might take it, man. I don't know, man. It's between that. Um, it's between Damian Priest, Bad Bunny, and Cody versus Roman, I think. With that, I think if gun to my head, my answer for best match of the year so far is uh, Tegan Knox versus Tamina on main event. So next question we got. If you had to super kick one guest host, who would it be? This is from Thomas Austin at Tom Austin Show. If you had to super kick one guest, who would it be? Uh, we're talking guest hosts that I've had on my podcast. Probably just incredible. <laughs> Take that as you will. <laughs> Still waiting on my book. Um, next question at Bama at Bamba Chatter. Bamba Dave asks, how did you choose your podcast name? I don't know if I've actually talked about this on on here. I think I've talked about it on, on other shows before. Uh, I started out with an Instagram. Uh, the, the original handle was at the hardest part of the ring. Like just the Instagram, no Twitter, no podcast, no YouTube, just the Instagram posting memes, posting opinions, all that stuff. When I was kind of gaining a following a bit more so than I thought. And then at some point I figured hey, I might as well just buy a $50 mic and spew into it and see if anybody listens. And over time, some people listened. So, um, but the Instagram was the hardest part of the ring. And literally it probably took me less than 20 seconds to come up with that name. It was just a funny, silly thing. That's like, it's like a kind of an inside wrestling thing, but it's also like, you know, it's pro wrestling when you see that name and it's just, it's like obnoxiously long. So it's like, it sticks out. Right. So I was like, okay, well I have this Instagram. I might as well make the podcast somewhat related to it. And I was going to call the podcast, the hardest part of the ring podcast, but there was already one. By the way, I've had them on my podcast. I've been on their podcast. They're great guys over there. Um, so I was like, well, it can't be the hardest part of the ring. So it has to be something kind of related to the hardest part of the ring. And then apron bump just came to mind. It was short, sweet, kind of succinct. It was very round and chocolatey. You know what I mean? So I was like, whatever. Roll with it. Then like a month later, another podcast called Apron Bumps <laughs> started to. So could have just went with the hardest part of the ring after all. But that's that's really all the thought that went into it. Now, I, I some parts of me kind of wish I thought more about it. Not really, but like, look, my last name's Bird, right? B-Y-R-D. So I could have gone with like the Winged Eagle podcast and that would have carried forward with like all the retro wrestling. But there's like 87 Winged Eagle or like Winged Eagle adjacent <laughs> names for podcasts out there. So it's like whatever. But that's how that's how we got here. That's how we got to the apron bump. Bama Dave also asks, when planning your weekly schedule show format, what's the easiest, most difficult parts? Well, easiest is what what show I'm covering because I literally, I mean, everything's chronological. So it's, I have this huge ass spreadsheet of all the timelines, you know, um, WWF, ECW, WCW, like that's all one timeline. I got one column of the show, one column of the date, earliest to latest, and we just roll on that way, more so, more or less, right? Sometimes kind of we switch stuff around, but and a TNA, Ring of Honor, Ruthless Aggression Era, WWE, Progress, that's all 
chronological, man. Earliest to latest, and then we kind of just stagger every uh, timeline. So theoretically, like I'll get to a timeline every like six or seven weeks. So it's just a cycle. It's easy, right? It's all automated. So that's the easiest part. Most difficult part, as far as like planning the show format and schedule. You know what I hate? <laughs> yes, you know what I, you know what I fucking hate about doing this. I hate taking notes. I hate taking notes when watching wrestling. I, it's a necessary evil. And I've found different ways to make it not so awful. But the, like, I feel like I don't want to be buried in notes when I'm watching a wrestling show. show throw, throw out you, if other podcasters listening. Let me hear what you guys do, because I've tried voice to text. But I don't know if I'm just a mush mouth idiot or what. But my phone never like hears what I'm saying. It's always like 80 percent. Right. You know what I mean? Like if I try to say abyss, right, that's a big one. Abyss, like the wrestler, it's never abyss. It's always like a bliss or abacus or something. It's something like not quite there. So I have to go back and like try to figure out what I said after the fact. Um, <laughs> when, I, when comma, right, when comma was in the in the thick of things, right, in the timeline that I'm covering, the Godfather, you know, you know, it is. Um, I would say comma into my phone and then it would just do the fucking punctuation point comma. It's like, why, why are all these commas here with no words? But, and then, you know, I can type it up on, I have two screens here. I can type it as I'm watching that. That's probably the best way, but overall it's just a nightmare. Um, and I have a fucking memory of a goldfish, so I can't just not take notes. So, um, Dave also asks, what which brand of wrestling has been most fun to cover? Mm. Well, I think the beauty of not, not to give a not to give a fence sitter answer here, but I feel like every timeline that I cover has its own charm to it. Right. And that's kind of why that's kind of why it's so easy for me to stay motivated and to keep pumping these episodes out is because every like let's take TNA for example if I was just covering TNA I'd probably get tired of it pretty soon same with any timeline WCW progress what have you right but the, the fact that I like cycle through all these different eras and styles of wrestling different presentations different wrestlers different styles it's like it always keeps it fresh for me when I'm watching and hopefully it keeps it fresh for you guys listening so I do enjoy it everything in a different way so it's kind of a hard question to answer but most fun to cover which ha what has been so what i've already covered so far tough one i'd probably give you a different answer on a different day but I'm, I'm gonna go i might go ecw so far just because it's such a culture shock and especially when i bring on guests that like aren't too familiar with ecw it's always a fun discussion on like how everything's presented and the flow of things and the, the cast of characters. And also there's some good wrestling in there every once in a while. So that's always like a shit show, but sometimes it's like my favorite stuff to do. So, um, but again, I like everything. I love all my children equally is what I say. And to, to kind of piggyback on that, Thomas Austin at Thomas Austin show back at it again, asks if you added a new timeline, what would it be? You know, I've, First of all, I probably I'm probably not going to add any more timelines, but 
I might add promotions to existing timelines, perhaps. Uh, but if we're talking, if we're talking an entirely new timeline, I would probably never do this. But I would love to go back and watch like old Japanese wrestling, maybe like old G1 climaxes or like all Japan stuff or. Uh, that's kind of a blind spot for me in wrestling, but I, I see like clips online and stuff of this like, like nineties Japanese wrestling, like your Hashimoto's, your Tenru's, like all these guys. It's like, man, this is like exactly what I like in wrestling. You know, even like going back and watching like Vader and Dr. Death, like guys that I'm more familiar with, but in that setting, I would love to do that. It would just be a matter of uh, <laughs> how do I, you know, what's the timeline? What's the, <laughs> What's the chronological events? What would be the way to do it? I don't know. Maybe like maybe a future like YouTube exclusive or if I ever have a Patreon, maybe it could be on there. But that's something that always has interested me. But um, I've also thought about adding like PWG to my Ring of Honor st- uh, timeline, but I think that would just be too much and it would just take forever to get through. I am watching PWG, by the way. <laughs> I'm not covering it on the podcast, but man, it is... Uh, Early PWG is a little rough ski. Um, the commentary is hilarious, though. That's like the <laughs> it's like the the best part of it, which is kind of sad. But um, Bama Dave also asks, are there podcasts you listen to for inspiration to be a better podcaster? I mean, I wouldn't say there's podcasts I specifically listen to, to for inspiration on being a better podcaster, but I do listen obviously to other podcasts and learn from them. So another one of my interests, um, is like bodybuilding type stuff. Not that I'm a fucking bodybuilder or anything, but Hey, I work out sometimes and I, I love the science of it. I love, I don't know. I just like, I like learning new things and like getting inspiration from watching guy. Like if I'm about to go work out or something like a lot, like, um, like Chris Bumstead or Seth Ferrosi. Jeff Cavalier, Athlean X. Like, there's a bunch of guys that I watch a lot on YouTube. Um, I bring that up because I've stumbled upon like podcast clips, like in that realm, like in that genre. Um, one of which, I don't know if it's specifically bodybuilding, but um, Mo- Modern Wisdom is a really good podcast, just like how it's structured and everything. Um, just listened to an episode with like Phil Heath, who has won a bunch of Arnold classics and things like that. So, um, Joe Rogan's out there. Obviously, I kind of pick and choose what I watch or listen uh, from him. Tuesday, like comedy podcasts are big for me. Tuesdays with stories with Mark Norman and Joe List, the Bonfire with Big J Okerson and Dan Soder. Now it's Bobby Kelly. Um, I was a big Opie and Anthony fan back in the day as a radio show, not a podcast, but. I try to listen to different genres and different styles and kind of pull from what interests me or what I think that I could, you know, do. Right. So I don't know if that's an answer, but that's what came out of my mouth. Uh, Fretz from at Fretzelmania on Twitter has a few questions. What are tropes in wrestling you miss and what are ones you wish would die in a fire? Ones that I miss. Interesting. I love, I adore the abdominal stretch spot while holding the top rope when the referee's not looking and then the referee comes around and then you take your arm down and you're like, and the ref's like, 
hey, were you just touching this here rope? And the guy's like, no, 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 I'm just holding the guy. And he's like, okay, let me go walk around here. All right, do you have? And then he fucking does it again. And then the ref kicks his arm, and it's a whole thing. Love it. Love it. I want more of it. Is that a song? Um, that's just one that comes to mind. Outside of that, I don't think it was really. <laughs> um, which ones do I wish would die in a fire? Well, we we can have a whole podcast on that, pal. Um, tropes. I mean, it depends what you consider a trope. False finish. You know, yeah, finisher kick that kickouts way too much. Way too much. Way too many dream matches. Uh, by the way, just marketing a match as a dream match. Get the fuck out of here. Look, we got Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. coming up. I get it. We all get it. It's a dream match. You don't need to put dream match on the Chiron underneath the fucking graphic of the match. We got it. All right. Okada versus Danielson. We got it as a dream match. Edge versus Randy Orton. Greatest match ever. Is it? Why don't you why don't you let it happen and let you know the people absorbing it tell you that? So like the the, the pre the pre like I don't know whatever you want to call it. So yeah, other tropes. I mean, goddamn pal dives to the outside every match. Little too much blood for my taste. To the point, not that I'm like appalled by it or anything. It's just like when it's every match it loses its meaning and i think this kind of a general like sweeping trope is just too much right just too much everywhere too much blood too much weapons too many gimmick matches too many dream matches too oh here's a here's a trope eliminator matches <laughs> so you beat the champion to get a match with the champion that that could that could that could that can die in a fire for sure um, it's stupid. Like if a, if a champion loses on TV, he should lose his title. Like that's my thought. If it's a singles match and you're facing the guy and then he, then you know, what, 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 what happens? Either the champion wins or the challenger wins and then loses the title match. Open challenges too is another thing. Way too much of that. Way too much of that. Build a fucking story. Whose cock do I have to suck? To get a goddamn story built for a title match. Hey, by the way, we can also hear me out. Hear me out. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. We can also on TV have feuds that don't have anything to do with titles. Ooh, hot take. Hot take alert. Wee woo, wee woo. Especially for the women. Good grief. Is there any women's content on, you know, mainstream American TV with <laughs> that doesn't involve some sort of title? You don't need a title to make a story. Make a make a story and then have the thing. Whatever. What is your favorite gimmick match? Fritz also asks. He also shouts out potential answers like Steel Cage and Pinata on a pole. Both great answers. Both great answers. What is my favorite gimmick match? I like the fight for your right battle royal. Oh, you don't remember what that is? Well, I just watched it last night as I was going to bed. It's uh, the reverse battle royal to figure out a number one contender for the title. 
how do you, or I guess it could be for whatever, right? But it starts out with however many men, right? More than eight, right? So let's say, I don't know, 16 people on the outside of the ring, right? You start on the outside of the ring and then the, the goal is to make, by the way, this whole thing is three stages, right? It's a three stage match. The first stage is to qualify. You start on the outside of the ring. By the way, this, this sounds like I'm bullshitting, like I'm just having a laugh. This is, a, this is a real thing TNA did. You start on the outside of the ring. Let's say 16 people. The goal is to get, you have to go over the top rope inside the ring. Both feet have to touch the mat inside the ring. Once eight people are inside the ring, <clears throat> that stage is done. So it's those eight people have qualified for a tournament, which brings us to stage two, which happens right away. It now becomes an over-the-top battle royal in the other direction. So you got to throw everybody over the top rope. Both feet have to touch the floor. What is this for? It's for the seeding of the tournament. So the first person is the eighth seed winner. Well, actually, no, the, the, it's eight seed, seven seed. You know, you know how seeds go, right? Until it comes down to two people, then we start stage three, becomes just a regular match. The winner of this match receives a bye to the finals. And then you have a tournament and then the tournament culminates to the guy who won the third stage and then they have a match and then Jeff Jarrett wins probably. I don't know, but that's my favorite. <laughs> now, if you want a real answer though, and I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like rattling off gimmick matches in my head and I just, I'm beginning to think I just maybe hate all of them. Like, but not by like the nature of them, just by how they've been booked recently. Like, again, there's just been too many of them. Like, I used to love ladder matches. <laughs> I hate them now. There's way too many. Nobody ever tries to climb the ladder to get the thing. Everybody's just jumping off of the fucking origami that everybody's setting up with the different ladders and chairs and thumbtacks. It's like, oh my God. but um, I don't know. A singles match. <laughs> Is that an answer? I love a good old fashioned wrestling match. Probably my answer. Like, I don't like last man standing matches. They just are plotting. I don't like steel cage matches. I hate the fucking door that you can just walk out the door. Hell in a cell matches. It's like, whatever, man. It's just a big room. It's not, it's not a cell anymore. It's just a, you're hap you happen to be wrestling in a big airy room that happens to be surrounded in a cage. Um, tables match, ambulance match, coffin match. They all suck, man. Special referee, Viagra on a pole. They all stink. Is there one gimmick match that I like? I guess a street fight can be fun. You know, just like use use weapons, I guess, if you want. But that's not like the <laughs> the foundation of the match. You know what I mean? I don't know. Gimmick matches suck. Maybe that's just my answer. Uh, Fretz has one more. He asks, who from Hollywood, past or present, would you like to see involved in wrestling somehow, alive or dead? Um, so somebody that, you know, hasn't been involved in wrestling, I assume, is the kind of pretense of this question. Who from Hollywood? I don't have a very vast Hollywood knowledge, to be fair. Uh, maybe Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> no, 
Um, I don't know. Amy Schumer. Have her have a match with Charlotte Flair. See what happens. Kick her stupid face off. Um, I mean, probably in a manager type type uh, type sense, right? I don't know if I particularly have a urge to see any Hollywood, unless it's Vin Diesel. You know what? Let's just go with Vin Diesel. I think I think it writes itself. I think Vin Diesel. If you want, if you really want to stick it to the Rock, go out there and have a better career than him. I think it's time. I think it's time for family. One last ride. By the way, I've been binging the Fast and the Furious movies and phenomenal. They're all phenomenal. They're all the best movie of all time. I don't know why they get so much hate. I mean, I get it, but they're great. They're great. Um, Vin Diesel's not that great, but he's there. Uh, he's a better musician. Have you guys heard of Vin Diesel's? Uh, have you heard his music? Maybe I'll. <laughs> I'm not going to put a clip. What is it called? So you guys can you guys can search it out for yourselves after you're done listening to this, of course. First of all, I want to see if he has any more songs out. Feel like I do. That's the song. Oh, does he have a, a fucking new song? Days are gone. I don't think I've heard that one. I don't think it's new, but yeah, feel like I do is a banger from Vin Diesel. So go check it out. Uh, that's not a sentence I ever thought I would say on this podcast, but Vin Diesel is my answer. Or Amy Schumer. Or both of them. Whatever. Put them in a steel cage match. The kid, Mikey Wilkes, at Kid Wilkes on Twitter, asks, what software do you use for podcasting? I want to get into it myself. And I hear the app that was Anchor is good. Anchor is a good one. It's kind of an all-in-one place. I personally have not used it, but I've heard good things. Um, well, I've heard mixed things. But it's, it's a very convenient app. And it's good. Like, it gets your product out there that's really all that matters at the end of the day um i mean i use podbean for hosting i use Streamyard if i have guests but that, that's been the biggest headache for me as far as software is finding like because there's like zoom out there but the video kind of sucks and the audio is kind of whatever and like if you lose it's easy to lose uh recordings like if your power goes out or whatever the hell or if it, whatever um, so I've used stream Riverside. I used to use, but that can suck a fucking chode. Like there's just way too many issues with they, they do too many updates. It's like fluff updates that add features that nobody uses. And it just ruins the whole experience. Like they, you can't connect to your guests. There's a big lag. It's blurry. There's a finger in my butt. Like there's so many things that I don't want. And I didn't ask for that Riverside gives me. So uh, Streamyard, if you, if you're recording with guests or if you, you can use it, if you're just by yourself too, Camtasia for video, Hindenburg for audio, but there's a lot of options. It's really just what you like. Um, by the way, Adobe. Hey, Adobe, if you're watching, like whoever, whoever runs Adobe, I don't know, Bill Adobe, is that your name? Can we, can we cut it out with the subscription model? Like, what are, what are we doing? I'm not paying a monthly fee to use your shit. Just let me buy the thing. I don't care if it's a million dollars. Just let me give me give me a price. Let me have it forever and be on my way. Cut cut the shit with the fucking subscriptions. You're, you're you you suck. You stink. Adobe. Don't you Adobe these nuts, huh? All right, folks. Um, 
yeah, other than that, that's pretty much all the software I use. Matthew Birch chimes in at True Prince of Pro on Twitter. Who is somebody that you feel like is currently under the radar right now in WWE NXT that you think has potential to be a future top star for the company in the next few years? Top star. Now that that's because there's a lot of guys with potential to have like be a be a prominent part of the show to have their place, but we're talking future top star. You got LA Knight on the come up, right? But I don't think that's really under the radar. Um, dude, Angel Garza, bro. Can we do something with Angel Garza for the love of Pete? He's every like what you guys, what everybody thinks Andrade is. No, that's that's Angel Garza. Angel Garza is a star, dude. Banger matches when he was in the cruiserweight division. He has a great character. It's the Lothario character. It's kind of tried and true, but he does it so well. He's a good looking guy. He can talk. At least put him in the LWO for the love of God. Um, I mean, Santos is good, too, but I don't know, man. Angel Garza is one. Um, who else? Julius Creed could be huge. Um, like what they should have done with Chad Gable from the beginning, they have the opportunity to do with Julius Creed. And I think they might because he's a bigger guy. So, you know, unfortunately, that's the majority of the battle. So uh, Julius Creed is going to be huge. He should be huge. The Creed brothers in general should be a huge tag team. If they ever want to, you know, remember that they have a tag team division. Um, what about women? Tiffany Stratton could be pretty. I've said this before. I think Tiffany Stratton, she needs to stay in NXT for a little bit, but I think she's the perfect representation of somebody that is benefiting from NXT because she sucked in the beginning, but she's gradually getting better. Like she's, she's benefiting from the environment of NXT. And I think in time she could be really good. Um, so Tiffany Stratton's one. I love Lyra Valkyria. She's great. I don't know about top star, but maybe, I mean, she's got a unique character. She's got a presence about her. That's kind of missing from a lot of women uh, in WWE, at least. Uh, and I, I love her in-ring style, man. She just moves around like an athlete, which not a lot of those. Um, I'm a huge Noam Dar, Mark. Of course, I think he has the potential to be huge. I love the stuff he's doing with metaphor, the faction down there in NXT. So there's a couple people that comes to mind. Ilya Dragunov, of course. Again, I don't know if he's under the radar, but goddamn, he's one of the best in the world, dude. So intense. Like, I feel like that would translate to the main roster so well, too. Um, like, we look, you look at who, how, what Gunther has done. Dragunov could not do the same thing, but he could, he could reach the same amount of success as Gunther because they, they have very parallel styles. Um, in the sense that it kind of goes against the grain of what WWE usually looks for. So... Those are some names that come to mind. Matt from a pro wrestling podcast with Matt and friends asks, who do you think has been the most improved wrestler of the year so far and why? Well, Tiffany Stratton, I just kind of mentioned is one of them. Um, Braun Breaker, the heel turn has added so much to his character. He was so bland and boring before. 
but now he has something he can sink his teeth into. And I think he's, he could be a powerhouse, like in the literal sense and the figurative sense on the main roster. If uh, once they have like an opportunity to slot him in somewhere, because like you can't just like, why is Braun Breaker not on the main roster? Like, what is he going to do right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to wait for the time. You got to wait for a moment. You got you to gotta wait for an opportunity to slide him into something that's meaningful so that he can, you know, begin to flourish after that. You can't just throw him in cold. Um, to Braun Breakers one, Tiffany Stratton. I feel like they, they just don't showcase a lot of people. Am I crazy? I feel like it's like the same six people that are on TV every week. Um, it's tricky because like I'm thinking of some people like I don't know if they've improved. It's more so that they've just gotten more of an opportunity like Ricky Starks. Like he's always had it. Is he's just like it's, it's this year when he's beginning to finally showcase it. Uh, Hobbs, same thing. Fucking uh, like you know, L.A. Knight, same thing. People are gonna want me to say Dominic Mysterio, but that is <laughs> that is not true. Uh, he 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 improved from the baby face that was just carrying around his father like a backpack. To be in a heel like that transition was an improvement. But he's been the same guy since he's been in the judgment day, like, oh, he gets such huge reactions. Guys, it's a meme. People don't actually hate them. Like, it's fun to go and like, I'm going to go tonight in a few hours. I'm going to go and boo my ass off at Dominic Mysterio. But it's like, does that mean he's improved or does that mean he's just a fun character to boo? You know what I mean? He got there because of. The Mysterio name, the, the feud between him and his father, an easy thing to hate a boy for, the Judgment Day, the top faction, everything's just kind of fallen into place for Dominic. He's been in the right place in the right time. He's done fine. He's done enough to tread water and to be successful for what his role is. But, I mean, is he has he improved in the ring? Not really. Has he improved on the mic? No. I mean, everything about him is still bland. He has no presence about him. He has no, like, he can't read a room. He can't. His reactions are bad. Everything's generic and cookie cutter. It's like he's reading off a teleprompter. But he's, look, it's, he's a fun guy to boo. I'm not knocking him too much, I guess, but... um. Once this Judgment Day train is over for him, I don't know where he goes. But uh, I know that's not the question, but <laughs> that's the people that come to mind. Um, Dave from the RA Era podcast. What's up, buddy? He asks. Snog. Snog, marry or avoid. I guess this is just a, uh, a polite British version of fuck Mary Kill, but snog Mary avoid Sonny now current day Sonny Shelton's mom and Bertha Faye who we all winners all winners <laughs> snog Mary avoid well, we're gonna avoid Sonny especially on the highway we're gonna we're gonna avoid Sonny we're going to, so we got to marry or snog. So correct me if I'm wrong. Let me Google this just to make sure. I mean, in all of the Love Island UK that I've watched, 
from my understanding, snog is to like kiss or to like make out with somebody, not to have full on coitus. Um, so. Kiss and caress amorously. Hello. I need to use the word amorous more in my life. All right. So we're, 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 we're kissing amorously or marrying somebody. I'm going to tell you what, this Bertha Faye, say what you want about BF. The lady's got some DSLs on her. She's got some smoochers on that gam of hers. So I think I might, I might give a little snog ski to Bertha Faye and Mary Shelton's mom. I mean, can you imagine the cooking from old uh, Shelton's mama? Does she have a name? Probably not. I think she's just Shelton's mama. Um, and Bertha Faye, like she's probably going to bring Harvey Whippleman with her. And that's the whole thing. I don't want to deal with that my whole life. So just a quick snog for her and then uh, enjoying Shelton's mama. I mean, just the thought of like going to bed with her and doing crosswords and drinking tea and um, having her, you know, hit me on the ass with a newspaper or whatever she did to Shelton. Love all those things. Shelton's mom just seems pleasant. I mean, not pl pleasant's not the right word. I think sh she'd be a hooked to be around, you know what I mean? So, yeah, why not? I'll marry her. Next question from Handsome Dan Lopez at Dan's Final Say on Twitter. Do you think an individual talent drawing money is still a thing? Or is the audience for wrestling pretty much where it's going to be for the foreseeable future? And it's really just the institution of wrestling or the company itself drawing money. I mean, that you can you you can absolutely have a singular talent that draws people in. I think Cody Rhodes is an example of that. I think Roman Reigns is an example of that. I think CM Punk is an example of that. I mean, these are just the modern examples, right? I think people exaggerate the effect of like individual stars drawing. Like, yeah, people are coming to see Cody and Punk and all that, but, like, there's a general interest in the company that I think brings people in. And don't get me wrong, those individual pieces are very important, and when you have several individual pieces, that creates one big, beautiful puzzle. You know what I mean? So, like, to answer your question, no, I think for the most part, it's the, the, the grander genre of pro wrestling as a whole, in my opinion that determines how good, you know, a rising tide raises all boats or whatever the hell the saying is. So, um, but to an extent, yeah, of course, some people draw, some people will bring in other people more so than others. So I don't even know if I really answered that. <laughs> I think I said yes and yes, but you know what I mean? Ross from wrestling should be fun at Ross Casey 24 on Twitter. He says, loved your 1995 reviews. Name three current day wrestlers who would be a fun fit for WWF, WCW, and ECW in that year. <laughs> and he says, mine would be Britt Baker as Isaac Yankum's valet, Luchasaurus in the Dungeon of Doom, and Eddie Kingston in ECW. All great answers. Um, so 95. So we're in the peak of the new generation era. We got Diesel as the champion. 
got like Sean in the Intercontinental picture. You got Nitro just get, well, actually Nitro really, I mean, Nitro doesn't start till the end of the year and at ECW is just a complete shit show. Um, who would I think? Let's start with ECW. I feel like that's the, 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 the most niche out of the three. Who would go to ECW? I mean, John Moxley is an easy answer. I feel like that's just too easy of an answer, though. Um, you know, if, I don't know why this name just popped up into my head. But I think Pentagon would be awesome at ECW. Like, prime Penta. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Current day Penta. Sure. Like, because ECW is so, like, first of all, it's the atmosphere. That makes a lot of it, you know, and Penta with the Cerro Miedo thing, like all like 95% of what Penta does is pander to the crowd. And I feel like Philly would eat that up. Plus, when you got like the slow introduction of the luchadors, like your Eddie's, your Ray, I don't think Ray's there in 95 yet. Maybe. I don't know. But they're, they're kind of bringing that style of wrestling. That very, that lucha, the lucha style, the high impact, the strikes, all the stuff that Penta does, plus his presentation, I feel like would set him apart from everybody else. Just the thought of him pile driving people through tables and on concrete floors and breaking people's arms and just like, just the look of him. Hell, fuck yeah, throw Penta in ECW. WCW. What we got? What we got going on in 1995? We got Hogan up top. Um, not a lot else going on. Well, we got Hogan. Who who do I want to face Hogan? Vader's there. Ric Flair's there. Macho Man's there. Johnny B. Bad is there. Hmm. Very, very interesting. I'm like, see, like my mindset is like, who would have a good match with Hogan? But fucking nobody, because he sucks ass. See, <laughs> uh, WCW, you got the really animated characters, but not, they're not like cartoons like they are in WWF as far as like the aesthetic for the most part. You know, there is the Dungeon of Doom after all. Well, a lot of it's like your classic wrestlers, your big steroidy boys, um, very wet, a lot of tanning oil, a lot of cocaine. So who could thrive in that? You know, I just had a thought. Let's throw CM Punk in WCW in 1995. Just the utter juxtaposition of CM Punk. Along with all the other fucking roided out meatheads. Fantastic. He can have some good matches with like Flying Brian, Johnny B. Bad, William Regal. Hell, do what you want. But. Or ho hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Or would he be better in ECW? Because if you've been, you know, if you know anything about Ring of Honor. And his feud with Raven, or if you've listened to my episodes, you know, like the foundation of that was CM Punk hated Raven for his lifestyle, all the drugs he put in, in his body, all the everything he went through. You know what? Fuck Penta. Let's throw CM Punk in ECW. Let's throw, you know what? Take Penta. Don't, don't fuck Penta. Penta, stay here. 
we're gonna put you from here. We're gonna take you out of this box. We're gonna we're gonna pick you up. We're gonna put you in this box, the WCW. Dungeon of Doom, maybe. I don't know. Uh the cruiserweight division will be a thing eventually. I don't know if he's a cruiserweight, but he's Mexican. So I think that's all that matters in the eyes of WCW in 1995. Um, I don't know. Have matches with Conan. Who gives a shit? Uh, WWF. Who do we want in WWF in 1995? Who's going to face Diesel or Mabel or Shawn Michaels or Mantar? Um, you know what? Ross, you said Eddie Kingston to ECW. I say Eddie Kingston to the WWF. Because you know what's brewing in 1995. Oh, man, we are still in the colors. We're still in the doink era. But by golly, in a matter of a year and a half or so, we got Steve Austin in the house. We got, you know, the Brian Pillman stuff. We got the Hart Foundation stuff. We got DX. Throw Eddie Kingston in there. I hate to take one of your picks, but I'm going to plop him over over here. Throw Eddie Kingston in the WWF. Throw Penta in WCW. And throw CM Punk in ECW. Then, and then, hey, then, then CM Punk could have his Taipei death match, you know? See? Full circle. First full circle all here on the apron bump. We're having fun. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Rossi boy. Steve at SCW underscore Steve on Twitter from my most recent episode, WCW Great American Bass 1996. Go check her out. Uh, but he asks, Steve asks, what's the worst match you've had to watch and review for your podcast? Mm. When I think of worst matches, right? The worst, the worst, the worst quality about a match and the match that makes a match just outright terrible is if it's boring. Like if it's dumb, fun, like if it's like stupid and poorly executed and botchy and uh, just all discombobulated like that has a certain charm about it, especially. If, I mean, this question, watching watch and review for the podcast that leaves gives fodder to talk about for the podcast and to kind of laugh at while watching. But man, there has just been some boring ass matches. I mean, if you've been following the hardest promotion battle of 1996, which is something I do following at, at towards the end of the, those 1996 episodes, uh, currently tracking Hulk Hogan versus the Giant at WCW Super Brawl 1996. That's definitely at the top for sure. Just a boring, stupid match. Um. The King of the Road match was like funny at first, but then it just went on and on. By the way, this is the match where they fight on the like a, a bed of a truck that has hay and cages and stuff. It's like a semi truck and they have to like <laughs> fight their way to one end of the trailer and ring a bell or something. Uh, it's but that, I wouldn't even put that at the worst because it was just silly. Um, so I might go Hogan and Giant just based on boring. By the way, this is not their monster truck match. That was fantastic. Um, what else? TNA. Has TNA had any bad matches? Not really. Not as bad. I mean, Triton versus Monty Brown at TNA Destination X was wretched. 
Um, I mean, Triple H versus Scott Steiner at No Way Out 2003. Triple H versus Hulk Hogan at Backlash 2002. You'd have a lot of Triple, Triple H matches on this one. Um, oh, Triple H versus Undertaker at King of the Ring 2002 was very awful. I don't know which one tops the chart, but those are just some that come to mind for me. Nate from Game Changer Wrestling Podcast at Real Effin Game poses this little ditty. We've heard the Mount Rushmore of men's wrestlers. In your opinion, who is on your Mount Rushmore of women's wrestlers? You can do all you can do in all wrestling or specific promotion if that's easier. For me, it's Gail Kim, Rhea Ripley, Asuka, and Trish Stratus. It's a very interesting question. Um, Mount Rushmore for women's wrestling. So when I think of Mount Rushmore, is you got to kind of go back to the pioneers, right? I don't want to throw. I'm not going to throw Fabulous Moolah in there. I'm not going to throw Mae Young in there. Um, Lalani Kai, no. I'm not going to throw. Uh, who's the Wendy? Wendy Richter, maybe Wendy Richter. I look, I don't know enough about Wendy Richter to put her on here, but um, I will have to throw Trish Stratus on there, dude. And I'm covering this in my podcast. You've, you've heard me gush about her. By golly, she's she was great, dude. Like people think of Trish Stratus like in the early 2000s and they think TNA. They think her walking like a dog for Vince McMahon. They think of all that stuff. They think of the divas. They think of the brawl and panties matches, the paddle on a pole matches. Trish is out here, at least what I'm covering right now in 2003. I mean, she's having really good matches with Jazz. Victoria. Um, is that it? <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> uh, but they don't have a lot of, you know, quality women's wrestlers at the time. But it's those three. Lita's injured at the moment, but like, again, like, and then she goes on to have great matches with Lita. Molly Holly, like Trish is a workhorse and she's really Look, is she the most like polished wrestler of all time? No, but she is. She has a fire about her that's very. It comes through the screen, and the matches they 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 flow. They're fast paced. They're hard hitting, more hard hitting than you remember. So they wanted to wrestle back then, man. And you can see that it's almost like in spite of their booking, they're going out there and having, you know, what they. They're attempting to have great matches. They're not always great matches, but they, they're you can tell they're working hard, right? So Trish Stratus was the spearhead of that. She was the face of that division. She's come back. The thing with Becky Lynch, the feud wasn't that great, but then they had culminated into a great steel cage match. Trish had a great match with Charlotte a few years ago at Survivor Series, I think it was. You got to throw Trish on there as number one. People are going to want me to throw Lita on there as number two, but I... Don't know about that yet. Let's think about this. Um, I don't want to put Charlotte there, man. I don't want to put Charlotte on this thing, but I might have to. Just based, like, like Charlotte has the star power that has been un, like unmatched, especially in this era of wrestling, women's wrestling. And she can have great matches. Most nights she decides not to, but 
I mean, her match with Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, the, the Trish match I just brought up, the series of matches with Sasha and Becky and just other, other, like, she had a really great match with Naomi. Like, Charlotte's probably got to be up. I'm going to throw Charlotte up there. Just, just based on her name value, how people respond to her, her star power. I don't have a lot of good things to say about Charlotte Flair, but. She's where she's at for a reason. That's all you got to say about it. So Trish and Charlotte. Gil Kim, Nate, you throw Gil Kim out there. That's a, that's a pretty good one. <clears throat> you know what? I kind of want to throw Gil Kim just because TNA did the women's revolution before WWE even sniffed the, sniffed the thought of it. You know what I mean? I mean, her matches with Awesome Kong and, I mean, all the knockouts that came in and out. And she's, I mean, she was just wrestling this past weekend, wasn't she? At uh, Impact 1000. So, WWE career didn't end up being much, of course, unfortunately. But I think she was a trailblazer for that knockouts division. And TNA, I mean, to this day, people praise Impact as the best women's wrestling on, you know, at least in the U.S. at this point. So, I'll throw Gail Kim out there, sure. Um... By the way, I don't watch Stardom. I don't watch Ice Ribbon or whatever the hell in Japan. I'm sure you could throw all of those ladies up there. I'm sure I'm sure all four of them should be Japanese women's wrestlers, but I'm just not familiar with them. OK, so bite my ball sack. Um, so we'll be I've got Trish, Charlotte, Gail. And uh, Dana Brooke. So next question. No, um, I'm not throwing Sasha. Yeah, I, 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 got, I put Charlotte up there. Not doing Sasha. Um, I think Sasha and Charlotte are in contention for most overrated women's wrestlers of all time, but I digress. Oh, Becky Lynch. You got to put Becky Lynch up there. I mean, the man, the kind of trailblazed that path to the first women's main event of WrestleMania. People will say it was Ronda Rousey, but you couldn't have had that without Becky, in my opinion. Just the character development of Becky Lynch. Again, more star power. A great catalog of matches and feuds. and Just an all-around presence to her that I think is probably unmatched. Maybe her and Charlotte kind of butt heads, and I think that's kind of why. They're kind of the two top dogs. Uh, can I call women dogs? I don't know. Charlotte, Becky, Gail Kim, Trish Stratus. That's my four. People are going to be mad that I didn't include Lita. Lita, she did a lot of cool moonsaults. Wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> sometimes I just say things to rile people up. No, I loved Lita. I was a Hardy Boys mark as a child. Loved Lita, of course, along with that. Lovely. I mean, she's top 10 for me, probably. But I wouldn't put her top four. I mean, her stuff with Trish was great. Outside of that, what was good about Lita? I'll wait. Um, Bama Dave's back at Bamber Chatter asks, what's a storyline feud or series of matches that you wish you were there in person to fully experience in real time and not looking back? I mean, it's cliche to say rock and Austin, but goddamn WrestleMania 17 rock. I mean, WrestleMania 17. Just being there live. That would be my ultimate dream. It's my favorite show of all time. 
the TLC match made me a wrestling fan. Rock and Austin, one of the best matches of all time, maybe the best feud of all time. Um, the hardcore match, I mean, Shane or uh, Shane and Vince, like it, it just had everything. I would love to go back and watch WrestleMania 17 live for sure. Um, storyline, feud, series of matches. You know, I actually slightly off topic. I do have a running list of my favorite matches. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but I might take a gander at it. See if anything piques my anal here. Ooh, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke at NXT takeover. Dallas. Was it Shinsuke's debut? Would have loved to be there live for that match. Just incredible. By far Shinsuke's best match. And that was his first match, which is kind of sad. Um, the Unbreakable. I mean, t- going back to TNA, the series of matches between AJ, Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, the triple threat matches they had. AJ and Joe had an awesome match at... Oh, the show sacrifice, maybe turning point. I think they had a couple really good matches. Uh, Daniels and AJ had an awesome Iron Man match in 2005. Like just those series of matches. It was a great feud, too. I've said it in my TNA reviews, but people forget like they remember the match quality. They forget how awesome the storyline was, how AJ and Daniels were like the the epitome of that division, like the respect, the we're, we're, the, the, we're just here to compete against each other to be the best, shake hands and all that. And then you just have this savage Samoa Joe come out, come from out from the outside of TNA, coming into TNA, having no regard for shaking hands or being respectful, just wants to kill everybody, sending people to the hospital. You know, has a towel around his neck with AJ's blood on it or Daniel's blood or whatever it was. An awesome storyline, awesome matches. Um, be fun to see. Like, although they didn't have any ultimate, no, they did have an ultimate X match. Actually, I would love to see that. Um, those are some that come to mind. I mean, I have a huge list of matches that. I mean, it would have been awesome to be at any NXT takeover, like in the in the peak days of it. I mean, the the crowd carried those shows. I mean, the matches were great as well, obviously, but like to be there for like a. I mean, I said Shinsuke and Sammy earlier, but to be there for like a Sasha and Bailey or a. Um, Champa Gargano, Cole and Gargano. Or like peak Ring of Honor to be there for like Punk versus Joe and, and what was it? Oh, four oh five when they were having their classics like. Can't get any better than that, man. Or, you know, maybe just to be there for the kennel of hell match. <laughs> just, to see, just to smell the dog shit. Uh, both figuratively and literally. Uh, closing out here with a few questions from Thomas Austin at Tom Austin show. Ask, well, what's been your favorite innuendo through the show? See, these things, I, they don't like stick in my brain. They just kind of fall out of my mouth and then I forget them forever. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, man. Hey, drop a comment. What's your favorite innuendo from the apron bump? I can't, I, for the life of me, I can't think of anything. 
I don't remember anything about my podcast. I don't even know what my podcast is about, to be honest. Tom also asks, move one superstar from each company in the wrestling war of the 90s to make another company better. Ooh, I like this one. So for, if anybody unfamiliar, the wrestling war of the 90s is my timeline where I cover WWF, WCW, and ECW throughout the mid-90s, throughout the wars. Currently, we're in mid-1996. Um, so I guess at that point, right? So basically, like, we're approaching Bash at the Beach. We're approaching King of the Ring, which is Austin 316. We're approaching Hogan turning heel. ECW starting to cook with Taz being built up. You got Salmon and Raven feuding. Move one superstar from each company to make another company better. Who to make another company better? So we're not taking into account the negative effects of removing this this person. I would. Here's a question. Here's a question. Actually, fun given the timeline that I'm currently in. So we are building to the NWO, but we are not there yet. AKA, they are teasing the third man, but it has not come to be has not come to fruition as Hulk Hogan yet. So who could be that third man from another company that would have made WCW better? Maybe not necessarily. That would have been better than Hogan. Ooh. Ooh, hold on. No, never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll put a pin in that one. So who, who could have been the third man <clears throat> for NWO from WWF or W or uh, ECW from that time period? Um, I think it would have been really funny if like the undertaker can't like, he just like adopted that American badass persona in like 1996 with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. I mean, come on, man. Or do we want him in ECW? It's a tough one, man. I think I would need to mull this over for a little bit. So we'll say for now, we'll say Undertaker to WCW. ECW. Who, who does ECW get? And Sandman and Steve Austin, right? They, they teased a little something in the short period that Steve was there. That could be great. I must say, bring Steve Austin to ECW. Have him and Sandman feud it out. Um, who does WCW or who does WWF get? I'm trying to decide if I want to go the funny route of the series. Man, throw Benoit. Ooh, or no, no, no. Throw Benoit or Eddie Guerrero in WWF. And have them have the matches with Shawn Michaels, with Bret Hart. WWF at this point is a pretty slim pickings. So <laughs> uh, they're like dragging that bulldog feud out with Shawn Michaels. You know what? Throw, throw Eddie Guerrero to WWF. Throw Steve Austin to ECW. Throw Undertaker to WCW. That's my answer. And then throw Hack Myers also to WWF and have him beat everybody and win all the titles. Last question from Tom Austin. Who is your dream guest? Um, Donald Trump. Thank you guys for some. <laughs> no. um, that would be pretty funny, actually. Um, dream guest. I would enjoy having Eric Bischoff on here and covering some ECW. 
because he shits on ECW at every moment he can on his podcast. So I'd love to subject him to that. Um, Dan Soder, who is a comedian, but he's also a big wrestling fan. Uh, I think it'd be a hilarious time with him. One of my favorite comedians, the bonfire is one of the, uh, I think I shouted it out earlier as a podcast slash radio show that I listen to. Um, one day I'll say this one day. I'm going to have the softest part of the ring on here <laughs> because she says shit while we're watching wrestling. Then I'm like, God damn it. I wish I was recording. <laughs> she, she's actually pretty knowledgeable about wrestling through me. So as far as wives go, I'll put her up against anybody, but those are some names that come to mind, but dream guest, I'll tell you who my dream listener is. And that's you. <laughs> yeah. You, you listening. I love you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Been a fun old time. We'll do more of these down the road. Like I said, if you didn't get a question in, go ahead and send me one. I'll put it in my backlog right up there for me to answer next time. And do that through all the social medias. By the way, don't know where this Southern accent came from, but hey, shout out Ted the Hillbilly Heel. Follow me at Apron Bump on all the social medias, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Do all that. Subscribe, like, rate, review, kiss me on the cheek, slap me in the face, call me a, a silly boy. Do that or don't. Whatever. It's your prerogative, I guess. But thank you guys for listening so much. Thank you guys for listening so much. Just listen a little bit. You don't, you don't need to listen so much. Just listen like the normal amount. Appreciate you guys tuning in. More retro wrestling coming at you next week. And with that, I bid you adieu. That's all daddy has for you today. Take it easy. Sweet dreams. Sweet cream. Cream pie. Yeah. I'm hard.